Now, uh, of course, uh, later on at half past eight, I'll be speaking to His Grace Archbishop William Slattery. There is this letter to bishops, uh, uh, to bishops uh, on bread and wine for the Eucharist. Uh, it was at the request of Pope Francis, where the Congregation for Divine Worship and the Discipline of the Sacraments wrote uh, to Dutch and bishops to remind them that it falls to them above all to duly provide for all that is required for the celebration of the Lord's Supper. So we'll talk uh, to Archbishop William Slater about that just after half past eight. But right now... Uh, there's uh, an ambassador to the Holy See uh, f- from South Africa, of course, uh, a South African ambassador to the Holy See, George Johannes, is uh, the first South African ambassador, ambassador to the Holy See to actually leave in Rome, to stay in Rome. And uh, his name, George Johannes, and uh, he caught up with uh, Linda Bodoni at Vatican Radio as uh, he was there to present his credentials to Pope Francis. This was their conversation. The first South African ambassador to the Holy See to actually come and reside in Rome. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's a conversion of St. Paul, but certainly political changes have occurred. Everyone has realized that Pope Francis represents something different. It's nothing to do about religion as such, but the personality of the Pope played a very big role. But apart from that, I've always personally believed that we ignore the small states at our peril. And the Vatican is one of the smallest. But apart from that, it's uh, the biggest place of influence globally in terms of the governments and NGOs that it reaches. And you can't ignore uh, the personality of the Pope who leads 1.4 billion people. And that is an important point. But apart from that, Pope Francis is uh, dealing with stuff that we're also dealing with, all the social issues of poverty, eradication, climate change, humanity, migration, human trade, etc., etc. So those are the things that interest us. And I think on that basis, we found a very common basis for collaboration with the Holy See. You presented your credentials to Pope Francis himself yes. just very recently. Indeed. You had a chance to perhaps have a chat with him. Can you tell us about mm. that encounter? Well, I think that uh, firstly, I spent a long time listening to what the Holy Father has to say, and it resonated with me in terms of the things that I thought myself or believed in myself, but also the things that we in South Africa are focusing in on. We spoke generally about the plight of Africa, the problem that Africa has in terms of wars that's going on. And of course, you know, we've played a big role in the mediation globally, South Africa has. I myself has been nominated as a special envoy for mediation in South Africa. And I was involved with the mediation in Mozambique quite recently mm. between Frelimo and Renamo. And um, we spent seven months on a delegation there, on a mediation group, and uh, it finished last December, 15th of December. Prior to that, I've also engaged on mediation on Northern Ireland between the Catholics and Protestants, and of course also a bit on the Lochabee issue. South Africa's also been engaged in peace initiatives in Sudan, South Sudan especially, Burundi, Rwanda, Eritrea, Ethiopia, Central African Republic, and many other places. So we've been playing a big role in Africa to ensure that uh, we get people around table. 
because our experience in South Africa itself has taught us that uh, it's better to engage than to make conflict because at the end of the day it doesn't benefit anybody. There's more victims than victors. And um, I remember when President Mandela came out of jail, he came to address us and uh, he said, what type of South Africa do you want to inherit? Is it an, a South Africa that will look like pictures you see from the Second World War, totally devastated, misery, poverty, people eking out an existence, people who can't survive? Is that the South Africa you want or do you want to engage people because surely we can engage them and we have the majority of the people behind us who wants to see the end of apartheid. So, yes, that's where I got involved in. You were the militant of the ANC during the years, the 70s, the 80s, the very difficult years. Yeah. And um, after 1994, you were part of Nelson Mandela's government. So you, you obviously have a lot of important experience to bring to this job. Would you like to think back to those years just briefly and tell us about your story? Well, I suppose when I decided to join the military struggle, I was in the heyday of my academic career, but then I thought to myself, I have to do something more than just do the intellectual side of, my, of, of me. And then I decided to join the military wing of the ANC, Mkonto Siswe, and I went for military training and then went directly into Angola during that time when South Africa was invading the country. So we engaged there a bit, and then I was struck down with malaria and had to come for treatment. And then I joined the Radio Freedom in Luanda, and then I was asked to join the office of President Tambo in Lusaka and worked as Administrative Secretary in the office of President Mbeki. I was also part of the group that worked on Radio Freedom in Lusaka because we were also broadcasting from there. Obviously, it was very dangerous. Looking back, you say it so simply. In reality, it must have been very difficult. You could have been imprisoned. You could have been tortured. All sorts of things yes. could have happened to you. Yes. Did you meet Nelson Mandela? I did, indeed. I worked with him for a number of years. I learned a lot from him personally. And uh, I remember when I was chaperoning him around, sitting in the back of the car, we were going from London to Brighton to attend the Labour Party conference. And on the way, I thought, now that I've got him and he can't jump out, I will ask him all the questions I want to ask him. And uh, one of my first questions to him was, so how did it feel to you when the apartheid government made contact with you and asked you to give up the struggle? And uh, for a short while he paused and then he said, well, you know, my head said I shouldn't engage with them because they've done so much harm. But my heart said if I didn't do it, South Africa would be in serious danger of being totally burnt by fear, by hatred, by all the things that we don't want to visit on our country. So I decided I'm going to sit them down and talk to them, look them in the eyes, and we will talk. And then uh, I asked him many, so many questions. I forget all the questions, but I asked him, and I said, look, let me see your hands. And he showed me his hands, and I said, will they ever come right again? Because they were as hard as rock. 
And you could see, you know, he obviously had 27s of hard labor, working in the quarry, digging, etc. And uh, he looked at them, he says, well, these are the hands that uh, kept me alive for so long. If I didn't do labor, I would have been demoralized. What would I be doing being self-confined inside my own body, inside my own head, inside my own soul. So I decided to let me work with the other people and let's be part of this collective. So there's lots of little things that uh, he taught me. I said to him, so how do you feel now? And he says, I'm at peace with myself. I'm at rest. I know I don't have to answer for cruelty or for harming any white people in South Africa. I can say that I have helped to bring about a situation where we will live together as human beings. So there were these little moments in my connection with him that were very, very good. What I also saw with him when we were staying in the hotel, as he was coming down in the lift, people were shocked that Yes, Mandela getting in the lift with them and they were totally petrified and I remember a lady jumping out of the lift ahead of all of us and shouted to her husband to come and see yes Mandela and he waited and he said where's your husband I'd like to meet him so there were little human sides of him which is he was a very gentle kind man and I just called him the gentle giant he sounds a bit like Pope Francis in a way. Very much. I'm sure that they would have a lot in common, you know. And the interesting thing was, when I said goodbye to Pope Francis the last time, I gave Pope Francis a portrait of President Mandela and uh, Pope John Paul together. And for me, they were two saints already in my mind. And of course, now we know Pope John was canonized as a saint. I would have thought... If Mandela was a Catholic, he'd probably be uh, up for canonization so, I th- too, I think so you too. know. But I still believe that uh, he brought about things which taught not just us South Africans, but many people in the world Absolutely. a new type of ethos, a new type of understanding of humankind. Now, you are here to represent South Africa to the Holy See. What does an ambassador to the Holy See do? That's the question I was asked in South Africa. Are you just going to go to church every day and be on your knees? I said, there's no time to being on my knees in the Vatican. There's so much work to be done. I mean, just to give you an example, since I've been here, I've participated in a peace agreement that was signed here recently between the warring factions in Central African Republic that happened here a week ago. On the 19th of June, if exactly. I'm not mistaken. Yes, yes they yes. were mediated by St. Egidio. That's right. Now, I was the only ambassador that was invited there. So that was one of the things which I've already done here. There's been other things that I've been doing. I've been meeting most of the cardinals and archbishops who are in charge of pontifical councils to see what program of action we can already do in terms of the social issues, in terms of how do we work together as a country with the Holy See. I'm looking forward to my meeting with uh, Cardinal Turkson. There's so much that can be done or should be done here that you just don't have time to sit back and to relax and think, I'm going to have an easy time here if you are worth your salt. 
The other thing also is that when I was here before as ambassador in Switzerland,、mm-hmm. I did through Pope Benedict had contact with the observatory Castel Gandolfo. Now you know South Africa、uh, was at that time applying to have the biggest astronomical institution set up in South Africa,、mm-hmm. and South Africa won the bid. With the help also of the Vatican, so there's all sorts of things that you have to do, which is outside of the sphere of just going to mass or participating in religious、uh, functions. But at the same time, what it means, it gives a very clear message that、um, South Africa is、uh, standing on the side of morality, standing on the side of humanity, standing on the side of goodness, love, peace. All the things that everybody wants in the world. I've got five things that I'm going to do here. The first thing is to see how I can gauge the Holy See in terms of ironing out some of the international issues that's on the table, i.e., through the G20, through the G7, through all the others where the Vatican participates. So we can. Already say this is South Africa's position. We can make the Holy See aware of that. The second thing that we would like to do is to ensure that we continue to work for the eradication of poverty, not just the alleviation, but the eradication, so that we create a just society in our country, but also that it would have a spin-off effect in other parts of Africa and other parts of the world. The third issue is to look at the issue of women, children, and the issue of human trafficking, which is big in Africa. The fourth thing that、uh, we want to do is to ensure that we look at the issues affecting our planet, environment, issues of the law of the sea, issues of the exploitation of mineral wealth by a few, and how we can say to people there's a moral problem here that the people that You are using in that pursuit die at very early ages and live in poverty and live in real ghettos. What are you going to do about it? And then the fifth thing is that we have in South Africa the possibility of having our first South African saint. There's a black man who was murdered on the streets of the north, Benedict Aswa. He was. Better to death on the street for opposing witchcraft. Now he's been beatified. We would hope that the Pope would go to South Africa and canonize him there. I'm working on that. You know, the other thing that we have is we've got this Marian shrine in Ngome, and we hope also that it will become the Lourdes of Africa. Africa. Because already thousands of people go there on an annual basis. And、uh, I think that it was a miracle. That's my personal view. Now, of course, we know that the church is very cautious. He doesn't just takes things on a hearsay, but you know, there's a, a long process. But I would say that the message for me in all of this is that there are good people there in South Africa, and that、uh, if we can build up on that, we can have a society which will have a global effect on other. Parts of Africa, but also will play a role in imparting that message internationally. So that's part of my reasons for being here. I wish you all the luck in the world.、Mm, yes, there's going to be important things happening in our country by the end of this year, December month. There's going to be a new president of the ANC, 
And then in 2019, there's going to be general elections, so there will be a new president. So we would hope that uh, through that, uh, South Africa would also continue on the road to where people like Mandela, Tambo, others left off. And now we have got to carry the banner and uh, implant it, in, in a sense. Well, it's great to have you here in Rome and in the Vatican. Thank you very much. I'm really happy to be here and I'm certainly looking forward to uh, making waves.